Hello and welcome to the Online Darts Daily Podcast, the first of 2021. We're going to be here all year bringing you live daily updates from all the PDC TV tournaments throughout the year. Uh, I'm Jack Gobby-Garwood. Thank you very much for joining us. If you're here uh, alongside me to chat through the eight games of the first day of the Ladbrokes Masters is Luke Pickering and Cameron McFarlane. Jets, thanks for joining me. Um, interesting opening day to kick the calendar off, Cameron. What a, what a lovely day to start. I mean, having eight games on a Friday night, what a way to start it is. Like, don't we all just love it? As much as we didn't like the ad breaks so much, but having those eight games on the first day, what a way to kick off. By 20 past seven, we knew the darts was back because Twitter was full of people moaning about shared walk-ons and ad breaks after five legs, Luke. You sort of missed it, didn't you? You, you knew you were going to miss it, but I'm so glad that after that first game, we had another seven to make up for it because the first game was shocking. So at least we did come after the first game, you know, we had the ad breaks and all that, but the darts was poor. At least we got it revived. It was a good session of darts. Enjoyed it. I mean, I mean, it's Tell not just, how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it wasn't just it wasn't just Twitter, to be fair. Our, our group chat was, was absolutely going off. Well. There's, there's a reason group chats are group chats and they're not done in pro- in public, isn't there? So exactly. <laughs> before any of us lose any potential media career we've ever got a glimpse of. Um, we're going to start with A.D. Lewis versus Michael Smith tonight. Um, an interesting clash, one of two players that are probably you could label as underachievers so far in, in their respective careers, despite being at different stages of it. Lewis, two-time world champion, but never really kicked on. Smith still yet to win that big one. Um, both looking for a good start to 2021. And surprisingly, not many people went for this, but A.D. Lewis, the man to get over the line cam. Yes, uh, when you say not many people went for this, it's a little bit of a painful one for me, but we're not going to go into detail on that. We're just going to let that one go. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love A.D. Lewis. Literally one of my favourite players of all time. I think you're a little bit harsh to say an underachiever when he's won two world titles. But Since since then, he's one of them since that then, absolutely, to kick yeah. on. Like, yeah, yeah. Similar no, I get that. to my favourite man of all time, Roman van Barneveld, who won a PDC World Championship <laughs> in his debut year and the UK Open. And after that one... <laughs> One TV ranking event. What was that? You, your favourite man of all years. <laughs> new year, new me. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, mean, anyway. after, I mean, after all your boys' efforts in the world champs, you probably do need to pick some new people. Um, yeah. What? To be fair, though, what a game this was. Like, Michael Smith with four ton-plus checkouts and getting beat. Like, okay, the averages weren't astronomical, but it was a very good quality game to watch. And, I mean, it hurt a little bit, but only because of of my bet. But as if there was anyone to ruin my bet, that it'd be Eddie Lewis, because I really (laughs) like Eddie Lewis. And to see him finally, after 191 days, get over the line and win a TV game, I couldn't begrudge him that at all. Like, I mean, fair play to the guy. That last leg was absolutely quality under that pressure. Did you just rub my stat? 
Yeah, of course I did. I nicked that from earlier. <laughs> I just dropped that one on the walk-on earlier and suddenly comes on, oh, that'll do. That'll make me sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm ke- yeah, I'm keeping that one from earlier. Don't you worry about it. Slight change of, of rhythm, of play of Lewis. He's swapped back to a smaller stem. I'm pretty sure as somebody that throws the darts, he was throwing his Gen 2 darts as well. Um, interesting to see that he's gone that way and sort of... I think the pace and the way that he's thrown at the minute is just trying to eradicate any thinking about what he's doing. I think he's made that many many alterations and tinkered with his throw that much over the last few years since the back injury and since he was was forced out of action for a while that he's he's overthinking now and constantly looking for that readjustment. I think where he's tried so many different things, they're all getting a bit blurred into one and you're not really sure where you're supposed to be with it. And it just doesn't feel natural. And I think that pace that he threw out tonight, Luke, just made him that much more natural and that much more free flow and allowed him to maintain the standard because we've seen him throw 97, 98 averages, chucking a couple of 180s over the last couple of years, but he hasn't done it for 11 legs. But well, when you're in China, the, the fluency has got back. I always look back to when he hit that blind 180 against Peter Manley back when he used to be so fluent and so he, he was so perfect in his throw the last couple of years he, he has been thinking about it too much there's, there's been too much uh, staccato actually he just doesn't look as smooth I think he had that back tonight he obviously got over the line but there was no celebration or anything like that it was business as usual he expects that from himself and I think he's finally starting to get to the levels that he should be at. We know how talented he was when he was younger. He's still got the talent. You don't lose it. Hanky always alludes to the fact that he never loses his talent. Adrian Lewis is going to be the exact same. And he's got many years left. He's only 36. So, yeah, it was a good win for him tonight. Was well, that, was that hang on, sorry. Was that Luke Nicky Mai's thing from earlier on, <laughs> on the walk-on as well? About he the blind 180. He wasn't and watching. Yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> About the blind 180 and the fact that he needs to get back to that level of natural just throwing it and arrogance. I mean, and look, like... I wasn't even watching the walk-on, so that just means we think two alike. That's the issue. We've got the same thoughts. <laughs> everyone's just, what I, just Nick... what I need for the next 45 minutes, yeah. two of you. Every, everyone's just <laughs> nicking everyone's thoughts and we're all just going with it. Because we're all on the same wavelength, boys. It means we're yeah, not talking it. about that's it. Something exactly. like that. Anyway, uh, word on bully boy before we do hear from AD Lewis. Um, four of the most exquisite ton plus checkouts you are ever going to see on a dartboard, and it's not enough in an 11 leg game. In 11 leg game, 50 percent on his like, doubles, four yeah. ton pluses, and lose the game. They weren't even like James Wade esque, where they were mini tons like 110 in in that range they were 2170 132 and a 150 they are sucker punching the leg out of nowhere while lewis is setting up like and didn't get a dart for the match it's mad when you think of that just how good bully boy can be but again didn't win the other six legs and that's the issue at the same at four to be fair bully boy taking out two 170s the 132 and the 150 lewis had taken out 44 40 8 and 16 but only one 180 which was the scoring let him down like you look at eight 140s and one 180 and nine 140s and three 180s for lewis and that that's the difference in that game definitely um so yeah let's hear from ad lewis who Let's be honest, I've said this a few times in the last couple of years, you always felt like things were stacked against him, especially with the draws and the performance he's been getting against him. And then he talks us through his battle with COVID last year. Congratulations. We saw what that result meant to you up there. How are you feeling 
after coming through that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I put the work in. It wasn't just fight for this tournament, obviously, for the World Championships, and I never really got going until it was too late. And I thought, obviously, against Marcus Smith. To me, he's probably in the top three players in, in the world, so I, I racked him up. What was going through your mind as he's taken out those big ton-plus finishes for fun? You're scoring well, and he can't <laughs> miss those finishes. I was thinking, what have I got to do, win a game? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that's what he can do, though. I, I knew I knew it was up against anyway, you know what I mean? I, I knew that anyway from the start. But when it's happened four times on the trot, I'm thinking, oh, oh. But, uh, you know, five weeks, at least I had my bottle. Was there extra pressure on this game because of the world's disappointment? Sorry, somebody walking, I can't see you, sorry. But was there extra pressure on this game for you after the Worlds? Um, I think there was extra pressure on both of us. I think, um, you know, obviously Marco lost exactly the same round as me in the first round. Um, so there was extra pressure. Obviously, I'm a little bit, a little bit more experienced than, than Mike. And, um, well, like I said, lucky enough. I Listen, Michael Smith is one of the best players ever throw a dart. You know, let's put things in perspective here now. Michael Smith is one of the best I've ever seen. On a personal note, were you glad to see the back of 2020? Very difficult. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I really struggled. Um, I think what, what's, what you've got to understand, when I'm playing, when I've been playing darts, you know, week in, week out, maybe three or four tournaments a week, from going there, from having like two months off and then playing another tournament, I'm not one of them players who can just deal with it. I can't. I've never, you know, I don't like that. Did it take you a while as well to get the failed COVID test out of your system? Because you didn't really see yourself after that. Well, I feel like I still feel knackered now all the time. I couldn't like, I couldn't like turn around now. I'm running up a set of stairs. Gee, thank you. I couldn't run up a set of stairs without feeling out of breath. It's really annoyed me, to be fair. Looking ahead to the rest of the year, a lot's been made of it. Is this the biggest year of your career to date? What you're fighting that's, for? That's what everybody's, you know, that's what everybody's saying. But I know my ability and I believe in my ability. And as long as I believe, I've got a chance of beating anybody. And I don't care who they are. I've seen them all. I've seen the best of Raymond. I've seen the best of Phil. And if I can beat them when they're on top form, and Michael as well, I can, I can beat anybody. And that's, that's, that's my mentality. 2011-2012, you were undoubtedly the best player on the planet. Is that game still in there? I can be better than that. Yeah? I can be better than that. And I was only learning, you know what I mean? I'm only learning. And I still feel like I'm learning now. Last time we spoke to you as well, you said you'd had a chat with Phil again. Have you still picking his brain on everything recently? Yeah, well, he hasn't been too well, has he, Phil? So I've left him alone, to be honest. Um, so we'll, we'll move on to another day. Adrian, pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. Top man, Phil, you. Eddie, congratulations on the win and a great performance tonight. Um, you mentioned about the COVID situation there. A lot of fans probably won't realise how serious that was then. It wasn't, no. I'll tell you what happened, right, Jamie. I'll tell you the very truth now. I've turned up to the, the, the Grand Prix. Um, I had no symptoms. I, I didn't have a cough all the way through. You know, I, I never experienced that. And then when Graham's not, Graham Ferris knocked on my door, the tournament director, and said, you, you've tested positive. I'm thinking, no, nah, no chance here. And uh, I thought, well, I must be, you know, I've, I've, I've tested positive. I've gone back to back home. Um, two days after that, I started having uh, a loss of a sense of taste and my smile and everything else. I was thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm thinking, what's going on here? But honestly, to God, uh, 
I don't think I've ever felt so ill after that. I think um, it's took on my energy. Even now, if I'm on up a set of stairs, I feel out of breath. Well, I was doing the full Tyson Fury wake-up before that. I can't even do that now, which is annoying me, because that's what I want to do, you know what I mean? I want to get fit. So that has really annoyed me. Psychologically, in terms of the win tonight, how important was it to, to hit the ground running in this new season? Massive. Absolutely massive. Um, everybody's writing me off, as they always have done, but like I've always said to you, you know, I don't care what people say about me. It's what I do. If I turn up, I've got a great chance of beating anybody. If I don't turn up, then, you know, then it's one of them. How does that make you feel when you hear about people writing you off on social media? Do you pay any attention to that? Of course I do, yeah. I've, I've had a good year in the past, haven't you? You know what I mean? Even though I like you, I do. I've still, you know, I thought, no, you can't say that about me. And, and that's, that's how I am. Do you feel like there's a really big season ahead in you two to get back on the upward curve? I do, yeah. I do. I do. Well, now everybody's told me this. But uh, as, as a person, I never, ever take anybody notice of what anybody says to me. I'm always going to be my own person. Like me or, or hate me, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'll try my best. And if my best is not good enough, well, I, I'll, I'll lose. And just looking ahead to tomorrow, it's uh, Gary Anderson. The first time you'll have played him on TV for four years, I think it is. Yeah. It's a game that you're really looking forward to. It certainly is. I think, obviously, with Gary, I should have played him a lot more time since the, you know, the World Final. But it was down to me. Gary's still stuck up there. And Gary does what Gary does. He's an awesome player. You know, he's one of the best ever lived. So... Yeah, I'll be up for it and I'll show my very best. Eddie, thanks very much for your time. Well played tonight. Top man. Eddie, are those, sort of, are those the sort of games that you've been losing on the Pro Tour quite regularly? You've been playing well, but you've just not managed to get over the line. I haven't. I, I, it's very annoying because I've been averaging 100 plus and then losing games. And it does not your confidence. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're averaging 105, 106 and losing games, it's going to affect you. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. But and then you can average, you know, 90 yards and win games. But you know what you can do and what you should be doing. And sometimes it does affect you. You talked about you need competitive action and you need that to, to play your best game. How much was it of a, of a boost was it to be in the Masters in, in the 24 this year? I was just uh, so, so happy to be involved in the first place. You know, when, to be fair, I didn't even know I was playing in the Masters. It's only when my wife said to me, um, Aid, you're playing Michael Smith. I said, well, what in? <laughs> she went, the, the Masters? I said, no, it's only top 16. I think you got the, you know, you must have been looking for a couple of years ago or something. And um, I was just so happy, you know, I'm so grateful to the BC for giving me that opportunity. How important is it in terms of momentum and keeping this good form going that you can have a few few good results here and you never know what might come in the Listen, next I'm not daft, you know what I mean? I know what's what's ahead of me. I know what work I've got put in. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's massive. This year is massive. I could probably win this, you know what I mean? And still be number 20, 24 in the rankings, which will probably be a disappointment, but that, that, that's the reality of it. Yeah, well, thank you very much for your time, Adrian. Best of luck. Yeah, thank you. Match number two, boys. And we are going for the final game of the night. And what an absolute belter this was. Fresh off of a superb run at the World Championship for both. Uh, Joe Cullen defeats Stephen Bunting 6-4. Um, superb game from the pair. Both averaged over 100. Uh, Cullen cruising at the break, 4-1, averaging 115 when the players left the stage. Finished up with 102. Um, and goes on to say that he was quite lucky to get over the line, Luke. I think he was hard on himself. He played really well. Again, I think he's still not totally mentally over that, that loss to Michael Van Gerwen. He'll say what he wants. 
But deep in the back of his mind, he's going to be thinking that was a missed opportunity. He came out though and really impressed me tonight. You know, the first before the first break, averaging 115. You can't fault that. That's pretty much unbeatable to anyone's standards. That's right at the top of the game. So he played really well. I know he's come out and said that he didn't bottle it against Van Gogh and I still think that's debatable. But yeah, he showed a, a renewed form today and I think he's, he's looking like a major winner. Cam, the fact that he's he's talking about he didn't bottle it against Van Gogh and even as far back as Gary Anderson in the match play and then in his post-match interview with ITV, he's talking about being aware that he doesn't want to play defensive if that's even possible in darts and then feeling like that's what he was doing is it I don't know how to phrase it but do you think he needs to work on the mental aspect because the physical aspect of the game his throw looks a million dollars but the minute it does get a little bit tight at the minute don't get wrong he's got over the line here but do you think he's he's a little bit too scarred to really push on and win a big one at the minute no, I don't think he is. Uh, I've got to disagree with Luke. I don't think he did bottle it against MVG, as we talked about on the walk on earlier. Like He gave it everything he had, and he had, what, two darts at a double, which were both at the bullseye? And then in the final leg, MVG hit a 180 and just went on from there. And like Joe said, he was like two hours into a game, mentally and physically exhausted, and trying his best and just couldn't quite hit anything like he didn't bottle it he just it wasn't like he missed 20 darts at a double like it wasn't a bottle job he just in that final leg just was trying too hard and couldn't quite find trouble like I don't and I think like I think today was very different for that if he'd lost this game that would have been bottling it because like you said he was almost playing a little bit defensive and just trying to hold his own throw, not attack on Bunting's throw once he was 4-1 up at the break. And again, it's that break that doesn't need to be there in a, in a best of 11 game, which makes a huge difference in the match. I think it doesn't need to be there, but it is what it is. It's telly, it has to be on there. I was really impressed. I thought he played really well. And I think after a couple of very ropey legs after the break, I thought he closed it out really well. Um, and I think he'll get better for that as well going forwards. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I, I think there is a little bit of the mental aspect he needs to work on, um, but the, the game looks there and he's just got to get rid of the bad experiences and start getting over the line and the tight ones when he's feeling that sort of pressure. I think that will really help him open up in the rest of the matches. Um, Stephen Bunting... Number 17 in the world coming into this. Obviously, there's no ranking money on it. An outside chance for the Premier League until now, would you would you have said? Does yeah, I think, that, I, think, chance? I think that's done now. Um, he, had, he had to have a very good run here to have a chance. I think, I honestly don't think there's anyone outside of the nine that are in that gets in unless they win this tournament. Like... I don't think, I think unless you win it, it's still going to come down to a vote between the parties involved. Um, so, yeah, I think going out in the first round definitely writes him off out of that. As much as a world semi final is a huge achievement, it's not going to be enough for him. Um, and I think that speaks for the quality in the game at the moment. Like a world semi final doesn't get you in the Premier League, it's, it's madness, really. It should, but especially as as well as he played in that semi-final as well. But 
It didn't yeah. get Jamie Lewis in a couple of years ago, did it? So no, it they've didn't. got precedent and it, for that. And that just, again, exactly. that speaks to the, the standard of the rest of the tour. And all right, there is significant weighting in the rankings to the world championship. And, and it, but it's not, it's not the be-all and end Straight back up, but it is not the be-all and end all. No, you're completely right. Still on the Premier League quickly. And then before we um, do hear from Joe Cullen, um, he's got a real chance now, hasn't he? Especially if... He gets over the line tomorrow against Gezi Cross. I think now that Michael Smith's out, that gives him a huge chance because for me, Michael Smith is the favourite. We'll have to see how Chisnell performs against Gurney's. I think there's still a few permutations that might weigh against Cullen, but if he goes out there and beats Gerwin Price tomorrow, then there's no reason why he hasn't got a very good shot again in that Premier League. And speaking of the clash with Gerwin Price, Cullen says some quite interesting things in his press conference about who he thinks is still the best player in the world. Have a listen now. Joe, many congratulations. Started off 2021 with a bang. First half of that game, unplayable. Must be happy. Yeah, it was, it was good the first half, yeah. But um, I think I need to learn from the second half. I tried to maybe defend the lead, which um, can never be a good tactic. But yeah, I, I knew we were playing well the first half, and as was Steven. So I knew I had to be on my game, and I was. And... Um, I think 4-1 may have been a bit, bit too much for him to come, come back from, uh, especially being a race of six. After the World Championship defeat, was it important for you to bounce back with a win first time out on TV? Or did I lose it at the World? Well, yeah, just this little game, I think. Yeah, well, You're going right. <laughs> well, I, um, yeah, it wasn't important, but it definitely helps. I think... Um, a bit too close, this camera. Um, yeah, it, it definitely helps. You don't you don't want to be, you know, get setting off on a bad foot in 2021, especially because, you know, the way the uncertainty is of everything with the COVID and stuff. You know, you want to you want to try build confidence as early as you can, and music's well, just gone off. Um, and yeah, I think I think that performance tonight it was uh, it was all right. Yeah. World <clears throat> champion tomorrow. Are you hoping that with all the media commitments he's had, he's not really put anything in since the Worlds? Who cares? He's a, he's a class player regardless of whether he's put the work in or not. But we'll, we'll see how he responds to pressure. He, he said himself that he, um, he didn't realise how difficult it would be to win a winning double to win a world championship. So, you know, getting announced out as world champion and as world number one, you know, we'll see how he reacts. Do you think there's a different kind of pressure, a different target on his back now as well, now he's number one and world champ? No, I wouldn't say so. I probably shouldn't say it, but... He, I'd, I still see Van Gerwen as number one. He, he, if, if you're going to play somebody, I think he, I think he's the number one player, and I think he's the most difficult to beat. But you know, well, I might be at my worst tomorrow night when as he does me ten two. But you know, you never know. Just looking ahead, if you can get past Gezi, does that open up, and then do you start thinking about all the possibilities of winning CB titles? Yeah, but I, th- I, th- I think this is one of those where. I think if you won it, everyone would be just quick to jump on it. Well, it's not a major. You know, I think I think it's one of those. Don't, don't get me wrong, the um, the trophy and the, the check would be nice, but you know, I'd much rather win one of the bigger ones. But you know, winning on TV, if if, if I can get it done this weekend, then like I say, it's a good it's a good habit to get into, and it'll um, sort of affirm to me that I know I can do it. Trophy, check, and a Premier League place would be a great way to start 2021 for the Rockstar. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. There's no point in getting carried away and you know ahead of games. 
I've got the world champion and world number one tomorrow, so we'll, um, it doesn't get much more tougher than that. So, pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much. Joe, congratulations on the win tonight. Um, what do you feel you can achieve this year? Because your confidence must be at an all-time high at the moment. Yeah, well, I, I just want to try and carry on winning. You know, whether it be, you know, the pro tours, the European tours or, or majors. You know, I, I, I just want to get in the habit of winning, which is the best habit to get into. You know, I, um, I finished last year pretty well. Won a European tour, won a pro tour. So, you know, I've started decent on TV, 100 plus average. So, you know, it's, um, it's a decent start to 2021, definitely. Did it take a few days to get that defeat to Michael out of your system? Did you manage to take the positives from it in the end? Yeah, in the end, yeah. I, um, I think I knew at the time, even as even as gutted as I was, I knew that I was going to take some sort of positives. But, you know, uh, I travelled back with my dad and we spoke about it on the way back. And it's all right being involved in these amazing games like I was with Michael and I was with Gary at the match play, but I was on the, the wrong side of both of them. So I think that's the next thing that I need to, you know, sort out. It's all right being involved in these great games, but you need to come out as a win, uh, winner. Cheers, Joe. All the best. Well played tonight. Okay, match number three. And this might surprise a few people why we're tearing it up this way, but we're going to go for Mensor Sulevich versus Ian White. Not the greatest standard of match you're ever going to see to open the PDC 2021 calendar. Um, a little bit of a slugfest. Double percentage wasn't really great for either player. They missed handfuls of doubles all over the place. Um, Ian White extends his losing run at the Masters to seven tournaments in a row Cameron yeah so first of all Joe Cullen basically just said everything that Phil Wise wanted him to secondly <laughs> um, <laughs> secondly let's go on to this match because we'll leave that one alone now <laughs> the fact that Mensa Sulevich can turn up not it's a 180 and average 35% on the doubles and comfortably win 6-3 it was a bit Everything we've seen of Ian White for a long time, wasn't it? That TV tournament thing, like, Mentor said something in his interview afterwards about, I think he said Ian White was the best player in darts, I think was how he worded it. And away from the television, like, he's up there in the conversation of being one of the best, but as soon as it comes on television, he doesn't get it done. Like, three of 26, like, you can't go three of 26 on your doubles. It's yeah. just not good enough. It's it's no it's not even not good. It's nowhere near good enough. Like the highest check out of forty and three of twenty six, averaging eighty eight. Like there's something there that he needs to get over, and whether it's he needs a sports psychologist or a hypnotist or whatever it is to just get his head in the right space because it, it is he's got the talent. But it's all in that top six inches. Like he's basically like the Johnny Burstow of darts, where he's got everything he needs to be successful, but he needs to just get the mental side of it sorted out and get over the line in these big games where it matters. Yeah, I agree. I just we've seen that sports psychologists and, and that sort of thing can work for players. Dozer speaks about it very highly in his quest to be BDA World Champion. Stephen Bunting's gone back to it. Um, and I'm pretty sure more and more will be coming on to that. But it doesn't make sense because the thing is, it's not as if White completely flops in front of cameras. He's won pro tours on the stream and he's won at European tour events. I just can't comprehend why it feels like we're going to be having this conversation for all of 2021 all over again. I thought he'd turn the page 
in that run at the Players' Championship Finals at Minehead uh, 18 months ago, Luke, but just doesn't seem to be the case. It still just won't click for Ian White, will it? I, I think it's a psychological block. As you say, he's performed in front of cameras before. He does that in the streams, but you genuinely looked at him in that last leg and not even nobody else in the room could have thought that dart was going to go in, but even he didn't let them darts were going to go in. The last six darts he missed, every other dart he would have hit, in any other match he would have hit that dart, but you put him in front of the TV cameras and he's convinced that he's not going to hit it himself and I, I don't know what the ways around that. I would say the same as what Cam said, sports psychologist is probably the way forward, but at what point do you do you start seeking help? I mean, how many tournaments has he now been to where he's gone in as one of the favourites coming off the floor tournaments and just not performed? He really, really needs to change something big. His throw, his action, is one of the best in darts currently. It's so smooth. So it should be repeatable and he should be able to go on for another 10, 15 years, but it's just it's just not clicking. Well, that's it. He's not a young man, is he, anymore? He's not like, it's not like it's early on in his career and this is like a, a, a short-term problem that he's not got over yet. Like, he needs to do something to address it. Like, you can't be losing to someone averaging 89 who's not at 180 and only averaged 35% on his doubles. Like, he's a much better player than that. And I'm not having a dig at him. Like, the guy is very, very good. And, like, he has all the talent to do it. We've seen it away from the big stage. But there's something there. And I would have thought, if anything, over the last year, when we've had no fans there, it would have helped him. But there's still some block there that he's not got over. So it needs addressing. And if he can get it right, my word, what a, what a problem it'll be for other people. Well, an outright talent, he's one of the best 10 players in the world. Nobody doubts that. We see it on the floor yeah. all the time. He, he wins floor tournaments of fun and Euro tours he's won in the past, but just doesn't seem to click on stage. If he gets it right on stage, though, I have no doubt that we could see him in the Premier League. But then again... Will it not ever just click? in the Premier League, he can win titles. He can win titles. No, I completely agree. But will it ever click? You know, tonight I thought was going to be the night, but again, I've said that so, much, so many times in the past and it's just not happened. Completely agree. Um, next up from Mensor, Nathan Aspinall, a player who likes to play at a good pace and rhythm. Um, we've seen Mensor be, not be, speak about the Gary Anderson incident at the World Championships. And he does speak about it in his press conference. And we're not going to play it for you now. We're going to discuss it tomorrow on the walk-on before we get going. Um, I don't want to get too much into it, but yes or no, do you think he will slow Aspinall down tomorrow? Yes, uh, 100%. And I, as much as we're not going to play the interview... I also don't believe the interview. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but... He's also never going to speak to us again now. Well, he's never <laughs> going to speak to me at least. Um, anyway, my biggest thing going into tomorrow is, does anyone actually know what Nathan has changed with his darts? I've, I've heard a, a lot about he's made major changes to make it easier to grip in the colder arenas, but anyone know what, what changes he's actually made? Not a clue. I've not seen the darts at all. They've been kept under wraps. Yeah, I, that's what well I was going to say. I haven't either. Far. Normally, we'd get a brief little glimpse, a or, glimpse or of them, yeah, or see them on social media. At, but at it's league, very, but... very much quiet. So yeah, that will be very interesting. But time to move on. 
Uh, game number four, we're going to talk about a uh, bit one-sided this one, but an excellent performance from a man who won't have been mentioned much in the Premier League conversation, but my God, is he playing well enough to get in and, and cause troubles if he does. Mervyn King was superb tonight in a 6-1 demolition of Glenn Durrant. You know, it's not the first time we've seen King perform so well. Uh, we saw him at the World Championship, his first 100-plus average against D'Souza. When he focuses on his own game, he can average 101, 102 and quite comfortably derail anyone in his path. The issue with the Players' Championship Finals, which a game I think he should have won against Van Gerwen, is he focused too much on Van Gerwen's celebrations rather than his own performance. And it really got to him. I think it just deters his own performance. If King focuses on his own game, Again, he's another one who's he's late in his career, but he's still improving all the time. And he can average 100, 102. There's no reason he couldn't make the playoffs in the Premier League. So I would love to see him get a shot. I think we'll have to see how he performs tomorrow. But he was really good against Durant, absolutely dominant. And only and six out of seven on the doubles as well, which is no easy feat. Yeah, we'll come back to Merv in a second. Does, on the other hand, won the Premier League last year and then did catch COVID and had a, a hard time fighting that. We we know that. And it's, it's taken a while for him to recover. He looked really good at the World Championships or he looked better at the World Championships like he was back on the up. Today, though, back with the kite flight on the darts, they seem to be lying a little bit flat for me. I didn't like the angle of entry for Glenn. I, th- I think he needs to be a bit steeper so he can get him in the top of the treble bed and work his way down. Um I don't know. There's just something off with the action completely at the minute. I think there's there's no real rhythm to it. No staccato to it. I think that's the word. Um, he's, he's just struggling, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And I think with the... Like you say, the angle of it going in, when he's playing well, that angle of entry doesn't matter. And he... It does because it, he can still fit them all in, but when his action's not quite there, which it clearly wasn't today, and he looked back to three world championships when he was still recovering, sort of form today, it just doesn't, they just don't quite go in right, and he can't angle them in to get over the other ones or when they're sitting in flat. I don't know what it is, but it just didn't seem quite right, did it? Nothing seemed quite right, and like you said, back to the kite flights, but he looked like he was playing better when he changed those, and then he's gone back to them. So I don't know. He must be practicing well with them. Like there must be a reason he's gone back. But yeah, it's not. He's still just not Glenn at his best, and he just doesn't seem quite there. And I don't know what it is. But to be fair, he didn't get given a lot of a chance either. If someone averages a hundred and two, and it's six out of seven on the doubles, I mean. What have you got to do to beat that? <laughs> You've got to play very, very well. I mean, this is the first time we've really seen Glenn struggle since he's come over to the PDC. He got over the line the final day at Q School. That, that story's been told a million and one times with, with yeah. Mike Dennant. Um, he's, he's been on this constant rise since. This is the first time things really haven't gone his way, right? He's lost early a couple of Pro Tours and, and that sort of thing. But I don't think we've seen him struggle for form like this. As far back as I can remember following the BDO days as well, all right, we wouldn't hear yeah. about it as much at the odd BDO Open event, but this is a real dip in form for Dozer. And should he be concerned? He's well, that clearly same stage. should be concerned, but can he get out of it quick enough to have a real crack at this year is what I'm trying to get at. He's at that same stage that 
like how many what's he into the PDT now a year and a bit Two and a bit now, isn't he? Two and a bit, sorry, yeah. So he's at that same sort of Rob Cross stage of, like, come in, done really well, won, he won the Premier League, obviously Cross won the World Champs, which was, like, over and above. A little bit bigger. Yeah, but it's that same thing of, like, come in and had success, and then almost hit a little bit of a wall and they're both kind of in the same position of like trying to build back from that and trying to and obviously Glenn's had that difference where he's obviously struggled through COVID rather than just a complete dip in form like he got out of practicing and obviously you can't I assume he didn't spend any time practicing when he was trying to recover from COVID and the few weeks afterwards where he's trying to get back to fitness but they're at that same sort of stage where They've had a lot of success very early and now trying to build back to it and you're probably putting too much pressure on yourself to try and get back to that stage you were at. Whereas just a bit like we're talking about AD as well, like just relax and get back to what you do and try and just play as you play and not think about it too much. But it's so it's such a mental game, like like you said on on the walk on earlier, Gob, like, it's like golf. If you're thinking about it in your swing, you're going to hit a massive hook or a massive slice because you're thinking about it. And, like, it's that whole thing of there's nothing probably massively wrong with what either of them are doing or the three of them are doing. But, like, you just need to try and get out of your own head. And I think that's probably what they're all suffering with at the moment. Yeah, I think so. With lockdown as well, it's not as if they've got the chance to go out or anything. They're literally at home, and if they're not at home, they're in a hotel room. So I can understand why so many are struggling or we're perceiving that they're struggling mentally. But moving on, someone that isn't, though, is Mervyn King, working three or four days a week, delivering parcels. seems to be absolutely loving it. Gets him out He's the just house, found the right thing, hasn't he? Fresh. He just he looks good, it's, and it's doing bits for his darts. And I think along with Joe Cullen, who we mentioned a minute ago, a good run here for Mervyn. Could see him in the back door of the Premier League. I know he wouldn't be the favourite for the broadcaster, and that's not the image that they're trying to push darts towards. But the way he's Probably performing at the minute, the way he's performing at the minute, Mervyn's get on standby. I think we might, might, might have an outside chance of seeing the King in the Premier League. I'd love um, to see it, but my worry is, if we get the Premier League back with fans with the noise, with everything else, that's where he's going to struggle. And I think this last year and a bit has been great for Merv because he can just focus when there's no noise, there's no worries. Like He doesn't have to put his ear plugs in. Can he do that over 16 weeks with fans there every week? We will find out maybe later. Hopefully. I'd love to see it. I'd love to find out. Hopefully. Right, moving on, because we're only four games in and we've probably been chatting for way too much of your <laughs> life already, considering we've got two walk-ons tomorrow and another pod. We're going to be here all weekend covering this as the opening weekend of the PDC calendar. Uh, game number five for us to talk about tonight is Chris Doby versus Dimitri Vandenberg. Um, not the dimmy that we probably would have expected to turn up, although this was something I was quite envious or anxious about pre-match in that we know or we've been told that Dimi is off for his operation to to work on his knee um, as soon as he was out of this tournament. 
that's obviously now occurred. So best wishes to him and hope that goes well. But with the lag and the layoff between the World Championship and this, we didn't know how much practice he's going to be doing. If you get into that position where is it really worth it for one more tournament, if you're then going to have your operation, just just cash your check almost and, and take your time off and recover. So um, that being said, Luke, a fantastic performance from Chris Doby, who didn't have the best 2020, looked a little bit sharper at the World Championships like we expected, um, and has seemed to have carried that form into 2021 and starting the year brightly. Well, we've managed to mention the Premier League in all four of the previous games, so I'm going to do it once more because I still think Doby's got a chance <laughs> of future years, right? I'm still, he's one with a lot of potential, a very good action. He's good to watch, but yeah, he played really well. You know, it depended on what Vandenberg turned up because if he did turn up and play well, Doby was going to struggle, but you can't fault that. 3 one he's a good Dublin percentage, just under 40%, but it was it was glimpses of the form he showed against Jeff Smith. If he could get the form that he showed in the last two sets against Jeff Smith, just do that consistently. There's no reason he couldn't win major titles, but he looked good tonight. 6-2 was nice and comfortable. Yeah, he's, he's one that's been playing a lot of online darts and he speaks about that a lot and gets involved in a lot of competitions and has just played all the way through. And that's why... I personally backed him to do a lot of things last year off the back of the home tour and, and straight into the lockdown series, not, not the lockdown series, the, the autumn and the winter series that he just didn't get going and, and didn't enjoy in the end. But I'm not sure he's in contention for the Premier League. I think he needs another year or two. Um, I don't think he did enough last year to justify ahead of a couple of us. But if he goes on a win this event, then who knows? Um, a word on... Dimmy Cam, like I just said, he's off for his operation now. Um, I, it's a, is it a worry now that he had such a good year last year? When he comes back, there's a chance that A, he's got to completely get used to throwing without the brace and being stood up without support and that sort of thing. And B, there could well be a crowd the next time Dimitri van der Berg steps up on stage. I don't think it's a worry. Um only because he's as young as he is still. Like, if he has an off year because he's still not right on his knee and he's still not got his stance right and can't quite get the weight right, it's not it's not a big worry for him because he can still he's still so young that if he has an off year, it doesn't really matter. But I I also know where you're going with that there'll be a crowd on stage because I know your feelings on <laughs> slowing it down, um, which I didn't get involved in earlier on the walk-on, but <laughs> I, I, I knew as soon as Jar set it up for you where where it was going. Because um, <laughs> obviously mean... we, we had a slight disagreement on that where you felt it was deliberate. I thought it was more just for him. He wasn't trying to put his opponent off. That's But... So the crowd thing, yes, I'd still think, regardless of whether I think it's for him or you think it's for his opponent's benefit, the crowd will be an issue on that front. If he does that, the crowd will get on his back 100%. Whether yeah. it's whether I think it's for him or you think it's a gamesmanship or whatever, whether it's for him or not, he still can't do it in front of the crowd because he will get on his back but I think his biggest can't. issue just... next year is just getting that knee right and finding out whether yeah. he can still produce what he's produced. With his action, there's no movement in it whatsoever. I don't think it'll be a big issue for him. And I think he'll still be okay when the, whether he's got the brace on or brace off 
he doesn't move. He basically he's, he's completely still when he throws the dart. So I think he'll be all right. It might have taken him a little bit of time, and obviously to get back into being able to put that level of practice in because it puts pressure on it. Of course, it does. Um, but if he has an off year, so what? He's what was he? Twenty three? Twenty four? 27, 26, he's, 26. He's older, isn't he? He's a bit older, sorry. He's a little bit older than that. But even so, he's still got, he's got 25 years ahead of him, probably. Like, so if he has an off year, it doesn't matter a great deal. He's still very, he's pretty solid in the rankings with what he's done over the last couple of years. Like, the match play will keep him pretty solid. I, I wouldn't be too worried about the next year, but he was poor today and he didn't look like he wanted to be there. And that's probably because he's already got that set up in his mind that he's getting the knee sorted out and then he'll come back. And Dolby was very impressive, to be fair. Like the after the break, what he I don't know what he averaged after the break, but I would imagine it was probably a hundred and three hundred and four plus. I don't know. I don't have that one written down, but he was very good after the break. Luke, come to you quickly because we're Dragging so yeah, much yeah. tonight, so we need to push yeah. on with the rest of these. Uh, James Wade up next for Doby, a 97 average and 40% on the doubles. That's a very Wade performance. If he repeats that tomorrow, can it? Can he beat the greatest left-hander of all time? If he repeats that tomorrow, I don't think that's going to be quite enough. I think Wade edges that. But if he can up it one or two points on the averages, then I think that gives him a bit more of a chance. Wade is obviously a master of getting through these tough games. Wade will produce the exact same scores as Doby on the averages and the doubles and somehow will come out winning that 10-9. So I think Wade wins that if he stays the same level. But if you can up it a little bit more, Chris Doby's got every chance. Depends which James Wade, to be fair. Like, if we see James Wade that played Stephen Bunting, then Doby wins it 10-0. Possibly. Um, <laughs> interesting, we're not going to play this one either. Just baiting purely... Gob and he didn't have it there Stop at it. all. <laughs> <laughs> move it on or we're going to be here all day and nobody's going to listen tomorrow or they're going to be listening while they should be watching the, the walk-on. Um, Doby used new points tonight that he specifically got from Simon Whitlock, which is where we're going to go next in a minute as well. We're not going to play any of these interviews, but again, head over to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe whilst you're there so you don't miss out on any of the videos. Uh, we're going to have interviews from all of the winners uh, throughout the weekend. Um or most of them on the final day, they don't have to come back to us more than once. Um, check that one out, because he, he does say he's using Whitlock's points. And interestingly, he says that they don't damage the board, which is how Whitlock maintains it. Um, so, yeah, check that one out. And then, speaking of the Aussie man, it's almost like I planned this show in advance. Um, <laughs> revenge. Revenge for the Aussie over Christoph Ratarski. Ratarski obviously beating him 4-0 at the World Championships. Uh, Whitlock getting him back with a 6-2 victory over uh, the Polish Eagle. Um, again, not nothing extreme, nothing astronomical average, but a good... 97 average, 40% on the double for so Whitlock. Job done. Job yep. done. It was. And it was not spectacular, but impressive in how comfortable it was. Because we all know how good Christoph is and how well he can play. And it kind of went the way we thought when we talked about it on the walk-on. Like, he missed doubles early, Christoph and got punished for it. 
and it was it was going to go one or two ways. If if he hit doubles early, then he might have beat Simon quite comfortably. But he missed them. Simon punished him, and he closed it out really well as well. Yeah, nothing spectacular. What just just under ninety eight average and forty percent on doubles, but that'll give a lot of people a lot of trouble. Yes, it will. Uh, Luke Ratajski, not at his brilliant best, just a 91 average, 28% on the doubles. Didn't really get out the blocks, which is, is something that you're worried about Ratajski. He doesn't seem to be the best at chasing. He doesn't. He did struggle today. I mean, when he got out ahead of the World Championship against Whitlock, they never looked like a, there was going to be a chance for Simon to come back into the game. But yeah, he, he struggled today. He, did, he didn't look anywhere near where he could be. But I did see an interesting stat before the game that the PDC tweeted out about how Ratajski's form's improved over the last five years. And he's one of the few players whose form's improved every year. He's up to a 97 average in 2020. He keeps going in that same direction. Then who knows what 2021 holds for him. Completely agree. Um, next up for Whitlock is, is Snakebite, Peter Wright. Um, who knows what darts Peter Wright's going to throw. Um, he's already <laughs> done a lot of talking in the media. Um, can Whitlock upset the now world number three tomorrow? Yes. I th- yeah, I think so as well. I mean, Sweet. I, we know how I feel about Whitlock. I had him as a finalist for the world champs and and as much as that, I just love the guy. I really like watching him. I like watching him play as much as he ruins the board every time he plays. <laughs> I still like... I He'll just tell like you differently. It. I just... Well, Dolby will tell you differently, at least. Um, I just <laughs> like... Just like... Just like watching the guy. And he's he's someone that... I'd love to see win this tournament because he's great at fun in the Premier League. Like... He just is like, and yes, he can upset him. Of course, he can. Like, we don't know what we're going to get from Peter Wright yet. Like, he had a pretty good year last year, but he also had some ropey performances. He got over the voodoo of, of playing Van Gerwen on stage, and that seemed to set him up. But again, he never really went deep enough and pushed on after those performances. To no, but Peter Wright had a rest. decent year, but he also was vulnerable at points like he's not he's not unbeatable and a pretty good like if he Whitlock puts three points on that performance averages basically 101 and 40 maybe 50% on the doubles he probably beats him sweet okay uh, two games left we've, we've got to get these out always yeah we do we need to get moving on to all day uh, penultimate game of the night this was an absolute belter and how on earth it's fallen to number seven for us to discuss, to discuss tonight um, is, is beyond me but it is the Grand Slam champion Jose de Souza against the World Cup winner that is Johnny Clayton Johnny Clayton getting over the line in a last leg decider 6-5 in an absolute cracker of a game Luke yeah, I think he, he sets himself up to be a bit of an outsider for the Premier League now, Johnny Clayton. Obviously, he's won the World Cup. He has won a major, although we usually don't count that one. But yeah, he set himself up. He played really well. D'Souza's not an easy task. He hasn't had the best form, I don't think, last year. I don't know whether he's fully deserved the Premier League spot. He obviously had one good tournament at the Grand Slam. But yeah, I think Clayton played really well. 103 average. That's what you want. First round, nice and easy. Nice and easy. Yeah, something like that. I wish we could all throw 103 <laughs> averages nice and easy. <laughs> nice um, and easy. 
Johnny is well, it's well documented, but he's one that didn't know that he was in this tournament and that the rules have been changed. Um, a pleasant surprise for him as he, he comes through this one and, like you said, stays with an outside chance of the Premier League, which, all right, we know this is the Masters. We know the Premier League isn't everything. We know we talk about it a lot. But actually, with the carrot dangling over all the players now of a possible Premier League spot, if an outsider goes and wins this, we've got to presume that's part of the reason why the PDC have left it the way they have, he hasn't done himself any harm in that performance. Not at all. I mean, it was a great performance. 103 average. And against a man who is so consistent as as the Suza is, like, the Suza hit 15 one horses, like, in an 11 leg match and got beat. Like, this is one of them that we never really see drop below 90, isn't he? No. He never has an absolute stinker, which, considering how long he's been playing in the steel tip game, I think that's phenomenal. It's well, serious consistency. Well, yeah. Barnard the World Championship was shocking. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're discounting that. But other than that, I mean, 15 180s in an 11 leg match and getting beat. Like, Johnny's played really, really well. And. As Joe would always say, you can never discount a ferret, can you? You you just can't. And he just he played really well, and I'm really really happy for the guy. Like and like you said, that chance of the Premier League is still there. I know we talk about it a lot, and it's not one of the events that we all feel are the major events. But there's a hell of a lot of money in play, and. <laughs> And if he can get in there and get a squeak at it, it's huge. Massive. For some of it still works as well. I think it's absolutely massive. Uh, quick rundown of what actually happened in this match. I don't know why we've left it so late. 130 checkout for Clayton to win it. Superb way to, to get over the line. Uh, double five. Uh, D'Souza never led. And I think that was the that was the biggest point. Clayton got out ahead. They drew it back to 4-4. Four, four. Um D'Souza has three darts at 32 to take the lead against the darts um, in leg nine and blows it. And then Johnny clings on and, and pushes over in the final leg. A 12 dart leg, 130 checkout to win it is world class. That's superb. That's the sort of darts yep. that could end up getting him into the Premier League. And that one leg could be massive for the career of Johnny Clayton. Um, up next with Johnny, though, a player who's he seems to run into this man all the time because he's been on the cusp of the top 16 for so long and in and around that number when the green machine was world number one, MVG next, who changed his equipment, didn't have the best of years last year, obviously, lost his world number one spot, didn't win the world championship, didn't win anywhere near as many titles as we're used to seeing. And got um, beat by Johnny Clayton in the, in the Masters. Yes, but that was about it for Johnny. The rest of the year didn't really go to plan against MVG, despite that. So no, of course not. Of course not. But interesting change of equipment again. That's the one for me. That's the one for me. I backed MVG for this pre-event and then found and out then. he was back to going with new darts and I swiftly changed my mind just in case. But do you think this is the one? That's the big question, isn't it? Like, I'd, I mean... For Johnny, it'd be huge if he could do it again. As I said, like we've just said, for Johnny, if he can get over the line against Van Gogh in here, with what's on the line at stake, 
possible Premier League spot. This will do him masses. The problem for Johnny is if Joe Clay, Joe Cullen beats Gerwin Price. Yeah. Because then he has to go and I'll go on and win it. Because I think Cullen will, will nip it ahead of him. Um, but yeah, massive game for them two tomorrow. We'll get into this one on the walk-on tomorrow as well. Um, final game of the night and there's you can definitely see why we've left this one for the end. Um, Daryl Gurney versus Jeffrey Deswan. Um This one, much like the first game of the night, wasn't pretty. Um, Gurney getting out to an early lead, Deswan pinning him back, then taking the lead himself. Um, but to be fair to Gurney, to win the last two legs in 29 darts, when you're 5-4 down, that's the gurney we're used to seeing. That's the grit between his teeth that saw him as world number four, saw him have a good run at the World Championships and possibly sets him up for a good 2021, Luke. Well, I think you can't discount gurney from the Premier League, right? Because he's been in there three years and never been relegated. He's obviously made the playoffs once. He's still got quality. That game was shocking. There's very little you can say about it. But he, again, as you say, last couple of legs, he did play well. Came out on top. Gives him a chance at Chizzy, who's beaten him the last two years. So, Hopefully, he can turn the tide and, and get get through that game. And if he can get into the semi-finals, the final, then he's definitely going to shout again. Definitely. But it is his first win here in four attempts. And the man that's beaten the last two times out is who he runs into in the next round, Dave Chisnell. Um, big game for both. Chizzy, obviously, not in the Premier League yet, is the fate, many people's favourite for that last spot. Gurney going through this resurgence. With the head-to-head at this event, this this game just becomes massive tomorrow, doesn't it? Of course it does. Um, I mean, it's one of them. Like Daryl Gurney, especially over the last year, even when we discuss Daryl Gurney, we don't discuss Daryl Gurney. We always get off topic and just he goes under the radar, especially at the world champs. Like every time we talk about him, we talked about him for about four seconds and then we were on to somebody else, even though we were still talking about Daryl Gurney. But you look at his performances at the Worlds and then, okay, he wasn't fantastic tonight. He started off really well, then he dipped and then he got over the line and did what he needed to do with a couple of really quality legs. Um, I don't want to go back to it and keep saying it, but I think he's got a real chance here. Oh, even after that performance, yeah. I mean, he showed enough right, in. He showed enough in five. It's way too late. You the need first, to the first three, <laughs> the first three legs, and the the last two, he showed enough where he's he's got it in the locker. Where, and I mean, the guy. It's not like he's never won anything. We know he can turn up and win things, and he's definitely playing better and getting better and better than he has been over the last 18 months. So, of course he can do it. I mean, if you tell me, like, if the ferret beats MVG, that is wide open in that bottom section of the draw. Mm. He's not He's not out of this by any means, and if he wins it, he's in the Premier League, 100%. Okay. We'll, we'll have to wait and see for that one. Uh, final <laughs> word on Desvan quickly. Um, 2018 looked like the next big thing, that that breakthrough at the match play almost, hasn't really materialised since, Luke. Yeah, his career's stagnated a bit, hasn't it? He, he came into the World Championship, it was probably the worst seed form-wise of anyone, and that showed when he got beat by Searle, but 
I don't know. He's another one that's got a long career ahead of him. Eventually, he'll get a turn round, and hopefully, if Barnabel does get on the tour, I know you're not going to like me saying that, but if he does get on the tour, a stable mate might hopefully bring Desvan a little bit of comfort, and he can he can get himself back to where he needs to be. If the two of them could go and have a bit of an assault on the top sixteen, but yeah, Desvan didn't look good again tonight. He should have really won that from five four, but it was a poor performance in the end. Perfect. And he also like me needs a haircut. Perfect time to end this show. Before we start talking about his stable mate, and I get involved in that one again <laughs> for the millionth time. Uh, just before we go, a quick roundup of what you can expect tomorrow. Two sessions, afternoon starting at 12.45. Uh, Rob Cross takes on Mervyn King. Very winnable game for Mervyn King, considering the form Rob Cross carried through the last year. Uh, James Wade takes on Chris Doby. Nathan Aspinall, with his new setup, takes on Mensor Sulevich. And Dave Chisnell will play Daryl Gurney. In the evening session, Gary Anderson, the world finalist runner-up, takes on Adrian Lewis. Those two have made two world finals before. This one probably doesn't carry the same significance, but it will still be a great game nonetheless. Great game. <laughs> Peter Wright uh, takes on Simon Whitlock. Gerwin Price faces Joe Cullen. And Michael Van Gerwin closes the action on Saturday against Johnny Clayton. Gents, thanks very much for joining me this evening. Um Listeners, thank you very much if you've actually seen the end of this pod. Um, sorry it's been so long. Uh, the rest of the week will not be this long, but this is what happens when you get eight games. And we're excited. The first PDC televised dart tournament of the year has, has commenced and is upon us. Um, no idea who's on what tomorrow, which is I'm the on least the professional I, thing I, I'm on the do. blog, sorry, tomorrow. So, You're on the blog, perfect. So Cam will be tomorrow afternoon. company tomorrow afternoon. Uh, with that, I'm on the walk-on. Yeah, I'm both with walk-ons. You on, yeah, I'm on the second and one, the podcast. So if you don't like the sound of my voice, yeah, I'm sorry, on the pod as well. Yeah. Three times tomorrow yeah. again. I'm on the um, pod with you tomorrow night as well. So <laughs> lovely. Let's end it there. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Don't forget, head over to YouTube, um, like and subscribe while you're over there. Make sure you don't miss any of the interviews. Phil Barr's picking up with all of the players. Head over to the rest of our socials as well, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Online Darts. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.